This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Welcome, friend, to our weekly garden party. We hope you brought along your questions because it's time to dish the dirt. On The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. And a good Saturday morning to you. And Charlie, how are you doing? Very well, thank you. Happy April. Well, yes, thank you very much. That's the voice, of course, of Charlie Dobbin, the host of The Garden Show. And I'm Frank Proctor. The sous chef. Sous chef or under, under, under. Undergardener. That'll be about it. (laughs) Yeah. And it's a little cloudy and a little cool. What yeah. happened to all that nice weather we had there it's momentarily? Com- it's coming back, though. Is it? It, okay. This is a very cold little blip, uh-huh. but I was hearing that, um, and certainly the Farmer's Almanac supports this, we are supposed to have a warmer-than-average spring. So right once we get past this four or five days of cold, we're yeah, right yeah. into double-digit warm weather and should be well above average for April, May, and June. I love it. Okay, yeah. let me get the phone numbers so folks can give you a call, ask their questions, 416 416- Three six zero zero seven forty, and then anywhere in the province, it is toll free one eight six six seven forty four seven forty. And I'll quickly mention if you wanted to send Charlie an email, it is c dot dobbin. That's d o b b i n at mzmedia.com. And remember to uh, mention to Sebastian, our operator, uh, and. Uh, all-around good guy. Ops. He's uh, our ops guy. Yeah. If you're a first-time caller, <laughs> of course, mention uh, that, and uh, I will award you the bell. Yeah, first-time caller which bell. Which is our, exactly, first-time caller bell, which is our welcome bell, and it gives you your garden wings. There you, you can, go, you yeah. Have fun And in the uh, call early, call often. One question per call. Okay. Good for you. Well uh, done. Away we go. All right. As is my want, huh? yes. <laughs> want my announcements, April 9th. Next Saturday, actually, I will be at the Richmond Hill Public Library in honor of Earth Day. I'm presenting Gardening in a Changing Climate, and afterwards we're going to hear all about an amazing new initiative at the library. Brand new. They've never done this before. They're starting a seed lending program. So we're going to learn about that next Saturday. Uh, So one come out, uh, mm-hmm. you know, open to the public. Uh, I believe it's one of those register in advance things. So just Google Richmond Hill Public Library because it's, it's not a huge room. Next day, April the 10th, the Ontario Rock Garden and Hardy Plant Society is featuring Malcolm McGregor. Uh, he is editor of the North American Rock Garden's Rock Garden Quarterly. Well, it's quite That's a lot a of rock yeah. garden stuff. And anyway, he's editor. Uh, bottom line, he's going to present a world of saxifrages. No kidding. <laughs> I knew you would be. I, well, I almost fell out of bed this morning when I was trying to remember that sagifragious thing there you just mentioned. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad you brought it up. It's a form, they're an alpine plant. Oh, okay. Little plants that grow up in the Alps, so they're little, tiny, oh, yeah. tiny. He has a lifelong love of saxifrages, and he's been growing alpine plants for over 25 years, and uh, he's a pretty amazing guy when it comes Edelweiss. to these. Edelweiss, that's one of those exactly. mountains. Exactly. Same idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, 
That meeting takes place at the Toronto Botanical Gardens, which is 770, sorry, 777 Lawrence Avenue East. Of course, all are welcome. It's free admission. It's free parking. Bring your mug, bring a friend. Time is one until four. Excellent. All the information you want to know. I was just waiting for you to say, and what time is it? And what day is it? Uh, All right. Also mark on your calendars Monday, April 12th at the Knox United Christian Education Centre. The Agent Court Garden Club will be meeting. That is 2575 Midland Avenue at Shepherd. There's going to be a presentation by Rosemary Dobson on what's new in spring design, plus a dessert contest. So bring your own homemade squares for one of one of the the all-time favorite uh, contests that the club has a pretty fun group so if you're in the mood to have some fun check them out you're going to ask me what time and i don't know Oh, there it is. No, 8 p.m. Oh, okay. It is. I got it. I got it. I 8 got p.m. It. <laughs> right. uh, thank you. Uh, next day, so there's something going on every single day here. Next day, Wednesday, April 13th, the Burlington Horticultural Society hosting their general meeting, 7.30 p.m. at the Burlington Senior Center, 2285 New Street at Drury Lane in Burlington. Speaker is David Naylor on cactus and succulent, cactuses, cacti and succulents. He is an enthusiast and an expert. Um, lots of great refreshments, a draw, everybody's welcome. Again, bunch of fun people. So if you're in the Burlington area, check them out. Okay, there you go. Charlie Dobbin, The Garden Show, on the air here from Zoomer Radio as we broadcast live and direct from the Zoomerplex in Liberty Village. I like that, live and direct. Live and direct. Well, as lively as Uh, we can be. Yeah, Saturday morning. (laughs) Right, and uh, we're going to be meandering up to Minden momentarily. Excellent. After these words. Don't change stations just because the weather changes. Garden tips and advice all year round. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. And Charlie Dobbin, here we go, up to Minden to say hi to Mike. Welcome to the show, Mike. Hi. Morning. And nice to hear from you. Yeah, thanks for calling. Are you a first-time caller? No, ma'am. Uh, oh, good, all right. A second time. Oh, well, all right. We don't have a special sound for you, then. <laughs> What's going on? I just uncorked uh, champagne you anyway. for you. There. And the, my problem is... Uh, uh, walls and moles. Uh-huh. I don't know which one. Mostly, most likely, it's walls. Mm-hmm. What uh, do they eat? Are... Saturday. Yes. A lady called you and told what she used to chase them away. Yes. Would you please tell me what was it? All right. The the call you're referring to was Delane called us from the Barry area, and she said that she found a, a device. And she thinks it was at Rona, Rona being the sort of home Big center. Box. Yeah. Yep. That, and at, so that she put that out that maybe it was at Rona. And the device was a cylinder that vibrates. So I guess you basically dig a little hole, and it's probably a battery-run thing. You, so this is down just under the soil, uh, goes on, you know, into the soil, and then you know it's in this on position, and it's sending out some vibration that the moles and voles really don't like, and they skedaddle. That's a heck of an idea. Yeah, really. yeah. So you're set making the environment unfavorable for them, so they will go elsewhere. Are there any suggestions how far this works? I yeah. how many of these cylinders I need for my. Garden and yard. I do not know because I don't actually know anything about this the specific product. Name, no. um, here, I'm just I'm just got a quick. Uh, 
you know, I just Googled moles and voles. But, of course, it's depending on where we are. We've got different American websites coming up here. Uh, mm. Pest voles, hands We'll down. have to look at that in a bit. Uh, yeah, I'll see yeah. if I can find out any more information on that product. But it certainly sounds like a good idea, and she said it was quite effective. If so, anybody else knows, give us a call. That's right, yeah. yeah. And in the meantime, certainly you are calling from the Minton area, so you don't have a Rona there. But, um, uh, what you know, go to, if you've got a home hardware or a... Um, home Depot. Yeah, any of those kind of big box yeah. stores. It might be worth checking, seeing if, if there's uh, such a thing. Okay, Mike? Uh, yes. All right. Thank you very much for the call. Thank you very much. All right. Have a great day, and thank you for joining us here on Zoomer Radio. Jerry in Waterford. Welcome to the show, Jerry. Well, good morning. Morning. Um, I received three beautiful potted tulip plants, Mm -hmm. and I'm wondering, do I plant them outside now or wait till fall? Are they finished blooming? No. No. So what you should do is keep them inside and enjoy them. Mm-hmm. Well, sometimes people will take them outside and, you know, set them up as a kind of a pretty little uh, welcoming um, garden at the front door. Yes, I would like to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you could definitely do that. And that will prolong the flowering because they're going to like the cool outside. Can I do that actually now, given what we're supposed to get tonight and tomorrow? Yeah, I probably wouldn't do it t- right now. I'd probably wait till Monday or Tuesday. Okay. In, in the meantime, keep them as cool as you can, and that will prolong the flowers. So cool, like the coolest room in your house kind of thing. Oh, okay. Um, because the warmer it is, the faster they finish blooming. Yeah, they're starting to take an L shape instead of standing up straight. Well, the tulips will always do that. <laughs> they're one of the few uh, flowering plants that actually as a cut flower, continue to grow. Like they do this very funny reaching and going all kinds of wacky um, directions all yeah. by themselves. And most cut flowers don't do that. <laughs> so, um, um, Charlie, should I, when I put them outside, um, okay, now do, do I wait till fall to plant them outside or can I plant, put them in the garden like now? Once they're finished blooming, mm-hmm. you'll, you'll cut off the flowers. Right. You'll leave the green leaves. Okay. And, uh, assuming that the plants are outside at that point, I would yes. leave the pots outside and just water them on occasion. Make sure they're getting some sun. And it'll take four or five or six weeks for those green leaves to turn yellow, shrivel up, and disappear. Okay. At that point, and, and from that point forward, you can plant them anytime you want into the garden. But okay. do allow those green leaves to you know, grow for okay. as long as possible. Before I put them in the ground. That's okay. Right. Yeah. Now, can I leave them together in this nice clump of five um, so they're more showy, yeah. or should I separate the bulbs? Well, usually when they're in a pot, mm-hmm. they will actually be touching. Like, they'll, be, they'll jam and fill the pot with all the bulbs. Right. So when you plant them in the ground, I would separate them enough so that they are not touching. So okay. put a good half an inch or so between them, but do allow that clump to remain a clump. They oh, look better. Nice. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that would be more showy. I would like that. Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. Well, that's great. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. And thank have you. a wonderful day. You too, Frank. Okay, and thank really you. really enjoy your program. Thank well, thank you. you so much. Fur and feathers and bugs of all size. There's more going on in the garden than you realize. Should small creatures become a big problem, then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Well, Charlie, next uh, we're going a little bit east of T.O. out to Pickering. Say hi to Josephine. Welcome to the show. Good morning, Frank and Charlie. How are you today? Wonderful. How are you? I'm hanging in like everybody else. (laughs) Excellent. Listen, what I called about, I called last year in regards to my Hoya plants. Mm -hmm. 
it's still not blooming, and I'm wondering, I followed your directions. Now, would I have to take it out of the pot? If that's the plant that I've had, it was my mother's, uh-huh. and she's been gone for 18 years. It used to flower for her, but since I got it, it doesn't flower. Hmm. And it's never been repotted? It's never been repotted. What kind of soil would go in there? Just a, any good, all-purpose, well-drained potting soil or soilless mix. Uh, or if you're when you're shopping, if you see something that's called a cactus soil, you a could get that. Soil. Yeah, cactus soil because a hoya wants a well-drained soil. It doesn't want to sit in soggy soil. Oh, then I, I don't water it except once every good. two or three weeks. Good, that's correct. And it's green as grass. That uh, well, the grass isn't green right now. <laughs> it's kind of funny looking. Yeah, but it's a very healthy looking plant. But I don't understand why it won't fall. Uh, you know why it won't have flower. Flower, and you've got it in as much sun as you can possibly put it. Oh yes, okay, and good. you told me last year to put it uh, in the summertime mm-hmm. outside uh, if it was facing north because it gets the east sun in the morning mm-hmm. and the west sun at night, mm-hmm. like oh, in the okay. evening. Yeah, in your house. Outside. Oh, outside. Okay. Yep. Well, all right. Repotting, and this is the time of year to do it. Right. When something hasn't been repotted in that long, you know, 17 plus years, I would be inclined to do that. Now, you might end up with it just being happier and greener as a result. Uh, good idea as well, once it's been repotted and it's you water thoroughly when you do the repotting or transplanting, and then you wait your two or three weeks before you're going to water again, consider some fertilizer at that point. Have you used any fertilizer at all? I can't remember the fertilizer that you told me to get last year. Just a flowering plant fertilizer. It's typically like a 15, 30, 15 kind of numbers. Higher middle number than the others. 15, 30, 15? Yeah. Okay, then. All right. But, yeah, great time to transplant. Well, I'm hoping it'll flower because it used to bloom, mind you. It was so, uh, it was dripping honey. Yeah, I know. They do. It's amazing when they they do that. And it was absolutely gorgeous. And they smell lovely. Okay, then, Charlie All right, and Frank, well, have a good day. Yeah, good you luck bet. with that. Let us know. Thank you. i, I got to quickly tell you what mm. happened to me this morning. I'm putting on my, my nice white running shoes, I right? I see. They're very white. Yes, Blazing nice. white. And, uh, and I, what the heck is in my shoe? Right? <laughs> what turns a kid's mitt? Uh, yeah. What, how did how a child's did that mitt get, get in, in my shoe? shoe? And then I put the other shoe on. There's another mitt. In, I was up to my sons, uh, just uh-huh. one floor above me, uh-huh. three of my grandchildren. Uh-huh. Obviously, for April Fool, they had stuffed my shoes. <laughs> I'd just taken them off and carried them back oh, home, so I right. didn't, so didn't put them back them on. Yeah, <clears throat> so you got me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's cute. <laughs> okay, Mary in Brampton, welcome to the show. Good morning. Good morning. Charlie, I saw you on TV the other day. Oh, yeah, did you see that TV show? Yes, it was very, very informative, and it was nice to see what you look like. Ah, thank you. <laughs> She's gorgeous. Gorgeous, yeah. <laughs> Quick question. Yep. Fertilizer. Yep. Okay, I have a fern peony, and I have uh, basically, and, oh, and the hydrangeas. Now, mm-hmm. they're both flowering naturally. Do they use the same fertilizer? So you said you have a peony? A fern peony. Yeah, okay, and it's flowering now? No, no, no. Oh, sorry. It hasn't flowered well Good. the last two years. Oh, okay. When peonies aren't blooming well, it could be, is it in some shade or is it in lots of sun? Much sun as my backyard can get. Okay. And it, it's not buried too deep. How no, long? no, no. Okay. No. So, yes. Um, and then, depending on what kind of hydrangea you have, 
Yes. Generally speaking, both of those can use the exact same fertilizer. And that is? Similar to our last caller, she was looking to try and get a Hoya to flower. So oh. flowering plants, we typically look for a flowering plant fertilizer, and it's numbers like 15, 30, 15. So the okay. higher middle number, higher phosphorus. Yeah. Okay, I'm fine, right. because my, my fern peony have had it like five years. Yeah. And the first couple of years, it was really gorgeous. Hmm. Okay, and also I'm going to wish me luck if someone tried to look for a, um, a plant that I had, a columbine. A columbine, yeah, that's nice. I love yeah, those. I tried last year, couldn't find it. I'm going to try it earlier this year. Well, thank you for the advice, and I just wanted to say you look very nice on television. Thank you very much. So you're, going to, you're looking to buy some columbine to put in the garden. Yes, yes. Great yes. idea. It's a you know, native perennial, mm-hmm. blooms early, and they're, they're very pretty. They're just, Beautiful. You know, I was shocked yeah. how pretty. Yeah. Well, there's okay, nice... Okay. T- I'm going to try Humber Nurseries. Do you oh, mean? they'll have it for sure. Yeah, it's a go-to place. And take your lunch. 24 acres of stuff to I look know. at. Oh, <laughs> it's like, a, it's like an all-day trip. Thanks, All right, Mary. thank you, uh, Mary. You too, Frank. Thank you, darling. And as we say goodbye to Mary, we uh, now note that there are lines open at... Uh, first of all, Toronto uh, line 416-360-0740. And then anywhere, and pardon me, anywhere else in the province, it's toll-free 1-866-740-4740. And along we go to Norma in Scarborough. Hi, Norma. Good morning, Frank. Good morning, Charlie. Good morning. Um, I bought a beautiful plant at Canada Blooms, a Medanilla Magnifica. Yep. Oh, yes. Everybody's amazed at it. Mm -hmm. Um, But it started to drop the little pearl or grape flowers. Yeah, they don't last forever. Inside. Yeah. So I haven't done anything wrong. I thought it would bloom longer than... Well, um, so they have a long pendulous pink flower that when the petals open then you yeah you see the it sort of goes beyond there with the actual flowers which come out purple and then they slowly but surely fade to pink and then you're right they do eventually drop off the cooler you can keep the plant the longer the flowers will last okay in terms of temperature it should be in a bright location in your home sunny direct sun is fine it it gets a lot of light, but not direct. Okay, but they, <clears throat> they actually told me when I bought it that it was very easy, almost mm. idiot-proof. I <laughs> so I thought this was me. But well, n- no, it's fine. Like it is pretty good. It is a pretty easy plant. So, like you said, nice bright spot. Only water when it, when dry. Yeah, I watered it. I've only watered it twice since I had it. I waited till it felt very light, okay. and the top of the peat moss looked yeah. light in color. Yeah. And then I filled a bucket up with water, let it sit for a few hours, and then. Set, set it in for a few minutes, then okay. let it drain, and then put it back in its pot. Oh, perfect! Yeah, and and that will work you, when it's you know needs watering. It's a great way to water mm-hmm. uh, and let it drain, as you point out. The the f- more flowers will come, so don't don't be super frustrated. You know, flowers like I say, they just don't last forever. So it's just a you know the flower that's there is in the process of finishing up, but it should you know more flowers will come. Like I say, okay, it's interesting plant that f- wherever the flowers are. Well, Frank had had a yes. medanella. Beautiful. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. They're lovely. I've yeah, never and, seen anything like it. And it was funny because Frank's never been much of a gardener, no, and I'm <laughs> being very gentle when I say that. Um, but he he managed to keep it alive. It was a whole year. Yeah, over a year. Yeah. yeah, so that was... And you were very proud of it. He was he was like, you know, a new dad. He'd take pictures and show <laughs> well, me every I'm week. Doing the same thing. Yeah, yeah. So it's... Yeah, they're very nice plants, and they are pretty easy to, to look after. Okay, so when these blooms finish... Mm-hmm. 
what should I do? Just continue to do what you're doing. Nice bright spot, water when dry. Uh, and you could consider some fertilizer for sure as we're in the, the growing season. You know, the active growth phase is okay. spring and summer. Would I use the same thing that you use for an orchid? Uh, you could if you have orchid food. Okay. If not... Yeah, because it's uh, one of the common names is Malaysian orchid for Medanilla. Oh. If not, just a flowering plant fertilizer. But but you're right, orchid food might even be even better. Uh, and yeah, just be patient. Gardening requires patience, so more pl- the more flowers will come. Okay, do I cut these off like, when I'm finished? Like where do it I? It will drop. It it, they, it it makes a bit of a mess okay. <laughs> as it finishes, and eventually the whole thing kind of shrivels up and drops. Drops, so I don't have to worry about where to cut it. No. Oh, perfect. Okay. Okay, thank you very much. Thanks. You guys have a wonderful day. Thanks, Thanks Norma. Norma. All righty. I love alliteration. Uh, yes, is, you do. I've noticed that. Yeah. You well, make up a lot of alli- this is, alliterative this phrases. Is, <laughs> it's just perfect. Here is pretty Patty from Pickering. Oh, my hey, goodness. Hey, Patty. But she's not asking a P question. Uh, <laughs> Darn. No, I'm, I'm not asking a P question. Good morning, Charlie. Good and morning. Good morning. Um, I, I bought a diplodina last year, and it did beautifully outside in a pot. Mm-hmm. And I brought it in, and I divided it. It had two plants in it, and they're doing quite well oh, over good. the winter here. Mm-hmm. I just would like to know, do I need to start putting fertilizer on it now to get it ready to go back outside? Yes. All of our house plants, are, well, all the plants that are in our houses, whether they're going out or not, know that the days are getting longer yeah. and they are responding. We're seeing new growth and the, the more, you know, water uh, requirements are going up as the sun is pouring in our windows and it's just it's warmer and longer, like I say, growing days. Plants respond by burst of energy and the fertilizer supports that. So, yes, it's appropriate to fertilize any of our plants now indoors. Uh-huh. A little early to do anything outdoors yet, but in the next month when we're going outside, we'll be doing this, the exact same thing outside. Things are going to start to grow as the soil thaws and the temperatures rise. And again, we'll, we'll feed our plants to maximize flowering and, and maximize, you know, the, the, the size and beauty of the plants. Okay, and the, the same fertilizer again, a 15, 30, 15? Yeah, that's kind of my favorite yeah. flowering plant uh, formulation, but there are others out there. So don't, don't feel you have to get stuck on that one. Okay. It's just, you know, good qual- make sure it's a good quality manufacturer than when you're buying fertilizer. Yeah. Because if you read, you know, with a magnifying glass, the tiny, tiny print, a good quality fertilizer has more than just those three macronutrients. Mm-hmm. It has... You know, 50 different micronutrients, and that's important as well. So it's the zinc and the molybdenum and the magnesium and all those really important tiny, tiny trace amounts that are required for plants to be truly healthy. Okay. Now, it, when I had it out all summer, it didn't make these little spiky shoots that curl around things. Mm-hmm. But in the house here, it has done that. I, uh. I thought a diplodina didn't do that. Well, yeah, I guess depending. Um, I have seen them as climbing, twining plants. Mm-hmm. Uh, and perhaps when we see them, sometimes they're all just trimmed back so that they're much more a little bushy. But typically, yeah, when I see new growth on a diplodina, it, it wants to, to, okay. to it climb. Wants, yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay, well, that's that, right. I um, should start fertilizing right yep. now. Yep. Okay. The rule of thumb is March to September is when we, we fertilize our house plants. Okay, well, tropicals. that's great. Uh-huh. I'll get started. Thank you, Patty. you got some work to do. That's right. <laughs> I have work to do. Thank you, Charlie and uh, Frank. You're well, very thank you. welcome. 
All righty, here we are on the Garden Show from Zoomer Radio. Oh, and a good old Sebastian let me know via our monitor here that our next caller is indeed a first-time caller. That's for you, Marlene, here in Toronto. Welcome to the show. Hello. Good morning. Good morning. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Um, I have a Stephanotis. Mm-hmm. I brought the seeds with me from Europe, oh. and... Uh, and I managed to grow them. I have actually three shoots out, out already. Mm-hmm. I've had it growing now for about three years. It has not bloomed yet. What can I do? Hmm. Okay, I'm not sure whether it could be an age thing. Sometimes plants do not flower until they reach a certain level of maturity. Mm-hmm. The stephanotis that I own was blooming when I got it, so that's why I'm not sure whether, yeah, it just has to be of a certain age. Now, you said it's been growing for about three years. Yeah. How big is the plant? What size pot is it in? It's about a nine-inch pot. Oh, wow, so it's a big pot. Yes. Oh, so it's a pretty big plant then. Well, it, it kind of, uh, I keep it. Um, kind of winding it yep, around, yep. you know, yep. you know, when you buy them in the store, how yep, they are. Yep. So that's what I've been doing. And like I said, I have actually three plants growing. Okay, and they're all in that nine-inch pot. Yes. Okay, and did you give it like a, a wire form or something to grow on or a small trellis or something? Yes. Okay. <clears throat> it's got a Lots bamboo. of sun. Yeah. Lo- lots of sun. Only yes. water when dry. Doesn't like to be sitting there wet, wet. Yeah. Uh, certainly fertilizer might help. Sometimes if small plants go into a big pot, which might be what happened, like the three little plants went into a fairly big pot. Oh, okay. Sometimes that really slows them down too. Because mm-hmm. they just, they don't, they respond by saying, oh my gosh, we have to fill this pot with roots. So they start frantically growing roots. And as a result, we don't see as much top growth or flowering when they're doing a bunch of root growing. Okay. So be be patient. I think you'll find it'll it'll work out fine. Just make sure you've got good bright spot and uh, and um, yeah, exactly. Wa- only water when dry. Consider fertilizer. Okay, thank uh, you. Okay. Now, I want to mention one thing about tulips. Mm-hmm. What I my daughter actually told me this. I have a trick when I I, I bring my tulips, cut tulips mm-hmm. home. Yep. I I fill my vase with half ice and half water. And they last forever, and they do not droop over. Hmm. Ice. Ice. Uh, So that water's really cool. Yeah. Yes. Half ice and half water. And like I said, they're like little soldiers. (laughs) Stand right up. (laughs) How about that? Well, if someone had piled ice around my feet, I'd stand up too. I was going to say, (laughs) shivering and standing straight. (laughs) Oh, that's a good tip then. All right. Half ice, half... All right. Thank Thank you. Thank you very much. You know... Um, our little advice that we give right off the top of the show, call early, call often, one question per call. Well, we just were slammed right off the top with a whole bunch of phone calls, mm-hmm. but now we've slammed. got a couple of lines open. Oh, okay. So just to let folks know, think, oh, you know, I keep calling and I can't get through. You can get through now. Here's the number in Toronto, 416-360-0740, and then anywhere in the province, toll-free, 866 740 740. And we're going to be going up to Ken Carden to say hi to Roseanne in just a couple of moments. 
Uh, and you have a little item you wanted to add here, I do believe. May I? You well, yeah, your show. Well, you you seem like you're <laughs> directing it. Well, <laughs> again, I am. Um, all right. I just remember two weeks ago, yeah. Beverly called from Fort Erie, and she was talking about her rhubarb, and the rhubarb was all slimy and sticky yeah, and yeah. gooey and not at all pleasant to deal with, and she wondered what was going on there. Yep. So I did look it up, and there's a pretty good website. It's called rhubarbcentral.com. Everything you've ever wanted to know about rhubarb is at rhubarbcentral.com. They talk about two different insect pests that could be causing the problem. The first one we're very familiar with, slugs and snails. Mm -hmm. Slugs and snails do sometimes get into the rhubarb and will, because it's nice and shady and cool and moist, and they'll start chewing, you know, doing their raspy thing on the stems, which then causes a certain amount of oozing of, of materials. So it could be that, of course, the, the slugs and snails would be doing that damage in the nighttime, perhaps, So, because that's when they typically come out. So you may not see any insects or see the slugs at all. So that's something to consider. The other is an insect called a rhubarb curculio. Hmm. So a rhubarb curculio is about a half an inch to three quarters of an inch long. Yeah. So it's quite, you know, you can see it without a magnifying glass. It looks like a beetle, except it's got like an elephant trunk for a nose. It's got like a long snout on the front of, on its nose. Uh, it's, a, it's a member of the weevil family. Yeah. So these are, um, can be a real problem. They bore their way into the stalks and crowns of rhubarb. They choose rhubarb and only rhubarb. Uh, the damage is quite visible in terms of holes, but they do leave behind a lot of sliminess, jelly-like sap substance exudes from the wounds. So that's something to watch for as well. How do we avoid these insects? Well, a couple of important things. Remember, beginning in the early spring, cultivate the soil around the rhubarb. So loosen the soil gently. Remove all dead leaves regularly from the plant. Um, And before winter, also, remove all the leaves and stalks to prevent any rhubarb pests from overwintering in the fall, yeah. late fall. Because okay. you, you don't want that, that overwintering opportunity for these pests. You don't want to set up a little hotel for them oh, gotcha. by leaving okay. any of those leaves there over the winter. So that's something. So if, you've, if you're looking at your rhubarb now, you're seeing debris around the plants, clean that up. Um, and, and the, um, yeah, just that will help a lot. The other thing is weeds. Make sure there's no weeds growing around your rhubarb either. Because weeds can be a real haven for some of these pests. All righty, Charlie. All right. Uh, very shortly, we're going to be cavorting in Concordon <laughs> with Roseanne right after these words here on Zoomer Radio, The Garden Show. Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, Forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, fox, hollyhocks, tulips and sweet williams. You've picked the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. And Frank Proctor, the sous chef uh, of the garden here, apologizing, I think. I might have, I feel like Donald Trump. I think I misspoke. (laughs) (laughs) Is it Roseanne or Roseanne? Hello, up there in Kincardin. Hello. Good morning. It's Roseanne. Roseanne. Ruth Ann. All righty, that clears that up. Okay. Welcome to the show, Ruth Ann. Thank you. So what's going on in your garden? I heard you uh, reminding someone that this was the time to transplant or to repot a hoya, Mm -hmm. and that reminded me that I probably should talk about my Christmas cactus. And how old is that Christmas cactus? At least 93 years old. Oh, my goodness. And it's been in the same pot that whole time? I 
no idea, but it's been in the same pot for 30 years. Oh, oh my wow. gosh. That would be a hard one to transplant. How big yeah. is the plant? Oh, it's about four feet across yeah. and four feet deep hanging over the pot. That. Oh, my God! I don't know whether I can do anything with it or not. Yeah, you, with about 10 good friends, you yeah. might be able to. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because typically, you know, when we transplant, we'll take the plant, lie it on its side or flip it upside yeah. down, take the pot off, you know, having a fresh pot, fresh soil, loosen the roots and pop the plant back into the bigger pot with the fresh soil. But you can't do that with this plant. No. Well, I have thought about taking a long spike and trying to get down into the pot and poking some holes in the earth to loosen it up. Yeah. Even a coat hanger. Yes. Would probably work. Um, yeah. See, I, I'm not exactly sure how you even would transplant something like that, but what comes to my mind would be, like I said, some some good friends who'd be willing to get in underneath the plant, yeah. and you, you would never be able to flip it upside down. You would do the whole thing with the plant suspended in the air but with people holding it up. You know what I'm saying? Yes, I understand that. Very gently yes. taking the pot the down. Pot would- I'm yeah. not sure the pot would even let go. Yeah, oh, yeah, you'd probably have to break it off. Yeah. What kind of a pot is it in? Is it in terracotta? Or? Yes. Yeah, wow. It's probably some, like, really, um, uh, you know, now amazing pot, right? It's, you know, an, an Italian uh, imported pot because back in the day, the, all the terracotta came directly from Italy. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, it comes from, you know, Taiwan and places like that. But, yeah, so that's an interesting one. I bet you this very happy plant, though. So, well, it doesn't bloom well now. It used to be covered with blooms, and now it gets buds all over it, and then they dry up. Oh, interesting. I'm not sure whether I'm watering too much or not enough. It's probably pretty hard to stick your finger in there and find out whether you are watering it too I much. I can hardly find a place to put the spout of the water. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, you know what You what I'd be inclined to do is err on the side of underwatering rather than overwatering. So what that means is that... After you've watered and you're letting the plant dry down and a week or two goes by, at some point, the the segments, which are the leaves of the plant, will start to get a little bit wrinkly. The the color of green will also change. It'll start to get kind of a gray sheen from the proper dark green. It'll start to kind of almost lighten up. The green color will start to lighten up, and that will tell you it needs water. Like if you take it to that point and then water at that point, you have no chance of overwatering. My pink Christmas cactus, I have a number mm. of them. My pink ones are almost all going through the same. It depends on how, whether they're newer or older. Mm. Kind of thing. The older ones are pretty well all behaving the same way. They get buds on them and dry Drop. up. Right now I have one blooming. It has both white and red and the pink in the pot. Yeah, and they're both nice. blooming right now. So hmm. I'm, I'm really not sure what's going on. It's a new planted pot with pieces that have broken off the others. Right. And so the younger is yeah. more vigorous than some of the older. And that is true as well. Like with that really old ancient one, have you started more, more you probably have started more pots of that plant? Oh, I, likely. Over the I have years. so many differently. My husband was just wouldn't throw out any pieces that <laughs> fell off or broke off. off right? And so they started off, and people kept giving them to him. And when we moved last, I think I gave away six and I still have <laughs> oh, well. well, yeah, I mean, when the buds dry up like that, sometimes it's, it, how warm do you keep your place, the temperature? Uh, well, uh, it's heated from the floor, which makes a difference in mm-hmm. in the heat in the room, and I don't 
um, well, I, we were keeping it warmer when my husband was ill. Right. Now I'm not keeping it so And the Christmas warm. cactus should like that. They should like the cooler temperatures. And in the summer, it's in a, a porch that gets very warm. Yeah, right. And when we don't expect flowering then anyway. But to set oh. buds, Christmas cactus need cool temperatures. Okay. But and then, like you're saying, those buds are shriveling it up and yeah, drying when up. I bring it in, I bring it in when it starts getting chilly on the porch, yeah. and I have to put my geraniums there, mm-hmm. then... Um, it starts to bud right away. Right, usually. yeah. No, it's perfect. We love to put our Christmas cactus out for the summer and leave them right, right even into October. Like even yeah, a light frost, it works I fine. Do. So that's right. good. Well, um, if anybody else is listening and, and has some thoughts on why the buds are drying up on the older Christmas cactus and not the younger, let us know. Um, off the top of my head, it could be a vigor thing. Uh, consider fertilizer and be very careful. Don't overwater. Yes, okay. Okay. Thanks for your call. Thank you very much. Don't change stations just because the weather changes. Garden tips and advice all year round. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. And from Palmerston, Ontario, let's welcome Janet to the show. Hi, Janet. Welcome welcome to The Garden Show. Oh, hi. Thank you. Good morning. Good morning. Um, My son had given me a philodendron blue, four blooms, for Mother's Day uh, about two years ago, it was in earth. I had it in the house, and I transplanted it before the winter came. And it came. And now the place that I put it had absolutely no sun except at night. And then at night, it was in very damp soil. Now, it really bloomed the next year. It had mm-hmm. three huge blooms mm-hmm. and the, the leaves. But I hear that philodendrum should be in the sun. Okay, so, so I'm surprised, but it, the dampness mm-hmm. and it, it really made it come alive again. So I think the plant you're talking about is a hydrangea. Oh, hydrangea! What did I call it? A philodendron. <laughs> yeah. So you just had me a tiny bit confused there. But so a hydrangea. <laughs> um, so the the name hydrangea, hydra, rep, represents water. Um, so they do actually uh, survive reasonably well in a moist spot, depending on the variety. Some do not want to be constantly moist and will not do well. And the sunshine question is a good one. Again, it depends on variety. The macrophylla, the hydrangeas with the round blooms, they're called mop head hydrangeas as well. Right. Those ones are the ones that will handle a fairly low light situation and okay. don't mind a fair amount of moisture. Okay. The PG hydrangeas, the ones with the more conical flowers, like well-drained soil and, and direct sunlight. Okay, so, I must have the other type. Yeah, so and you know it's, that's so often what we do is we we find what a plant likes just by trial and error, and if it's not liking where it is, then we move it and try something else. But it sounds happy where you've got it. Yeah, I, I was quite shocked. I've <laughs> never planted anything that anyone's given me like as as a gift in the house in, yeah. in Earth. Yeah, yeah. I've just thrown it out. Yeah, well, that one is a florist hydrangea because it did come it to you in a, a pot. It is a florist hydrangea. Yeah, and it's, so it may not last forever and ever outside, but it okay. certainly could last for a couple of years. I have done the same. I've planted them out, and something typically kills them at some point, but right. uh, over the winter. But still, it's you know, it's great if you know if it's doing well. Yeah, cross your fingers. Fun. It was fun to see it come back. Yeah, yeah. that was the main thing. Nice. Okay. Thanks, Thanks Jen. for calling. You bet. And off to another lady with a name starting in J, Judy mm-hmm. in Thornhill. Morning, uh, Judy. Hello. Morning. Good morning. Um, I'm calling about um, 
a Boston fern plant. It was in a hanging pot when I bought it last summer, mm-hmm. and I had it outside, mm-hmm. and it did beautifully um, in the sun, and I always watered it a lot. Mm-hmm. And then as winter was coming, I brought it inside, right. and um, I kept it in as much sun as I can and watered it, but it's a lot of the leaves have mm-hmm. dropped off, and it seems to be, I can't seem to keep it um, moist at all, even though I water it a lot. Yeah. And I'm wondering, I think the roots have really crowded the mm-hmm. pot that it came in. Yeah. I'm not sure what I should do. And I mean, is it, and I'm supposed to bring it in, I'm sure. Oh yeah, absolutely. It wouldn't have survived if you'd left it outside. Don't don't feel bad. Boston fern is not an easy plant to keep oh. happy and healthy inside our homes in the winter. Oh, they do not like the the hot air coming off of our furnaces. They yeah. do not like the lack of humidity in the winter. So you know, think Boston fern is happiest in a rainforest, right? So they love high humidity. They don't mind if it's not too sunny, if it's just a bright spot. Yeah. And you're right that <clears throat> the root ball tends to be so dense. <clears throat> that it's hard to feel like you're ever really get, giving a proper watering. What I would do, if you can, is if you have a pail big enough or a, a tub big enough, try watering the plant by by dropping pot and all into a tub of water and let it sit in that tub of water until all the air bubbles have, have you know risen to the surface. So it's mm-hmm. really thoroughly saturated. Then let it drain for a bit in the sink before you put it back wherever it's, it, you keep it and mist it. Clean it. You know, get your fingers going. Comb, comb out all those yellow and brown bits. Uh, trim with, a, you know, if, if there's a lot of brown, sticky, you know, not yeah. good looking. And as soon as the weather gets a bit nicer, get it outside and it'll, you know, probably bounce back quite nicely. Do you think I should transplant it into a larger pot? Uh, you could. Or? You could. It won't be a hanging... Well, it's a bit hard sometimes to find 12-inch hanging baskets because it would be in a 10-inch right now, I would assume. Uh, in a, I'm sorry, in a what? It's called a hanging basket, the pot that it's in right now. It's probably a 10-inch size. So if you can get a 12-inch Go for it. Um, yeah, this would be the time of year at a good garden center you might be able to find such a thing. Okay. 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 Uh, sorry, Judy. Thanks, we, Judy. We, uh, we're ru- running right <clears throat> out, out of, of time. racetrack. Yeah. <laughs> right Frank would out say. of racetrack. You got it. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Where did our hour go? Zip, zip, gone. Uh, gone. All right. So the you're, boys are next. I know. Yeah. I can see. <clears throat> zip, zip, revving their engines. <laughs> and you, my dear, you're. I'll be back at 2 o'clock. <clears throat> mm-hmm. so and I'm off to the me. county. So I'll listen to you while I'm driving down the road. Very good. Thank you very much. And thanks, Frank. Thank you, Sebastian. Thanks to all our wonderful callers. Couldn't do it without them. See you all again next week. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.